0: It's my pleasure and my honor that my wife gets to bring you a Mother's Day message, and I'm excited about it. So come on up. I love you. Happy Mother's Day, and I'm looking forward to hearing it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So I'm not going to be moving as much as pastor because I'm not as coordinated as pastor. Abigail did pick me out some shoes that weren't heels, like it's wide. But there's no traction and as soon as i stepped up here for meeting i was like whoo i'm going to stand kind of still so i may move a little bit but i may not spin like pastor because if i do i gotta look like a baby that's just learning to walk my breaking can you hear me now how about that so anyway i'm going to stand still so that we don't have to have a healing line when this is over okay so I'm not ignoring y'all. I love y'all dearly. But I don't want y'all to have to pray for me. We love y'all. All y'all mamas that aren't here right now, our Boomerang Mamas, we love you and we miss you. And we are excited to be back with you soon. I got a text message from Miss Nancy Gates. She says she loves all y'all. She's social distance hugging y'all from her house. So it is a good day. And again, I want everybody to expect to receive from this. When you expect, you shall receive. I don't care if you're five, if you're a man, if you're a mama, a grandmama, or you've never had a child, you are a spiritual mama. So no matter who you are, there is something in this for you today. And as you pull on expectation, as you sow expectation into the Lord, he will pour down a message specifically for you, all right? So today is a Mother's Day message, and I wanted first to start talking about who are we women. When I was growing up, we'd play with guns, like not real guns. we play with little plastic guns. You know, we'd have rubber band guns, pop guns, cap guns, nerf guns. Like if it was a gun in a redneck house, you're going to have it. And we had a plethora not just my brother I have my own like I had the the cowgirl belt with the little silver one with like the pearl looking handle and you pop it out and shoot it and it had a cap and make like smoke went out like I was the real deal y'all that's right still am still got my gun still like to shoot but one thing that my ditty was emphatic about was I don't care how plastic it is I don't care if it doesn't even make noise or shoot you know, nerfs or anything, you don't point a gun at people, ever. No matter what kind it is, you don't point a gun at people. Why? Because he instilled in us a respect for the power of guns. It could be a tool, it could be a weapon, it could be a mechanism of a hobby. But regardless, there was power in it. And we were growing up to know those things had power. We would respect them, not fear them, but we would respect them. So no matter what we picked up, my brother and I knew we could play, you know, whatever, cowboys. We could play hunting. We could play whatever we wanted, but we could not point those at each other because they were vehicles of power. Do we look at women the same way? Do you look at a woman as a vehicle of power? Not to be doubted, not to be underestimated, but to be appreciated. A woman is a vehicle of power of life. It says when God created in Genesis 2:18 tells us that when God created Eve, he called her an Ezer Konegdo. And y'all remember, I'm from the South, so I am sure, Hebrew scholars, I'm jacking it all up. But you're going to forgive me and have mercy on me. I think it's supposed to be something like Ezer Konegdo, but it's spelled with an E, so, you know, I'm, I'm saying it like it looks. Anyway, he said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I shall make him an Ezer Konegdo. Now, Hebrew scholars say that this phrase is notoriously difficult to translate. They've called it a helper, a companion, a helpmeet is a pretty uh, common one. But those all sound wimpy. Like, you know, I mean, that'd be like sticking your finger up and going, pow, pow, you know, when there's real power to be had. You are powerful. A companion is a dog. You know, you open the door, and it's like it wags its tail, and it comes running. I'm not going to stick my tongue out, but, you know, that's what my dog does. That's a companion. I'm not going to wag my tail when Brian comes home. I mean, I'm going to be excited to see him, but I ain't wagging my tail. A helper is like, you know, that's a reward for being a good little girl in kindergarten class. You get to be the class helper for the day. A help meet is a little bit more accurate, but, again, what little girl grows up dancing around her kitchen, twirling, going, "I'm gonna be a helpmeet. I'm gonna be a helpmeet." Nobody says that. I mean, that sounds like hamburger helper, you know. So, it would more accurately be translated "sustainer" beside him. Scholars agree that is one of the more accurate uh, literal translation. It means sustainer beside him now let's look at the word ezer it's used 21 times in the old testament twice it's used for eve the first woman three times it's used for when a person came and helped in a life-threatening situation like a big deal 16 times ezer was used to discuss god so women You're in good company twice for Eve, three times. For a life or death situation and 16 times for the creator of the world so we can see without exception the biblical text is talking about a vital a powerful kind of help the kind of help when you need him to come through so desperately god is your ezer if he doesn't come through you're dead that's ezer that's what he called you women he called you an ezer. And then conegdo means alongside, opposite, counterpart. But to help interpret this helper term, you need to look at the original language. And the emphasis was on where in the scripture was the exact word used. Helper is in the, in the scripture to refer to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And who you think the last one is? women. We're in real good company. It's intended to be a phrase of honor, a phrase of significance. It's not an assignment of a lesser person or a second class individual. You women are creatures of power. You were put right alongside with the creator of the earth. With your Lord and Savior, with the all-knowing, all-comforting Holy Spirit, and then there's you right beside them. What a huge honor! God looked at Adam and said, "This is what they need. Let, me, let this is what He needs. Let me create an Ezer Kinegedo." And He saw you. What? a seat of honor but this honor is not without purpose y'all this may blow your mind but there's a phrase that says to whom much is given much is required it was not created and first spoken by jfk by mother teresa it wasn't even first spoken by kanye i know there's some teens out here that goes "What?" I know Kanye said that because he did on his album, but Holy Spirit spoke it first. In Luke 12, 48, he says, but someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly, but when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Ladies, you were given a seat of honor as an Azar Konegdo. But as a mom, as a spiritual mom, as a mentor, as a leader, you were entrusted with so much. You've been entrusted with tomorrow's ministers, tomorrow's leaders, tomorrow's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. This is what you were entrusted with. So yes, ma'am, lots is expected of you, but not on your own. What we have to do is lean on God. He tells us in John 15, 13, there's no greater love than one lay down his life for another. Well, I can tell y'all, as a mama, you're going to lay down some stuff. You're going to lay down your waistline. You're going to lay down your alone time in the bathroom. You're going to lay down even your life as you give birth physically or in your heart to another. It's hard to believe, but I assure you new mamas, Miss Holly, Miss Becca, anybody with little babies, these pooping machines will turn in to somebody of power, somebody of significance. They will turn into tomorrow's world changers, but it's because of what you teach them today. You've been given these children and what's required of you is to teach them this word. What's required of you is to teach them who God is. You lay down your life and you focus on my child will know God. My child will be a world changer. My child will blaze a trail for the kingdom of God. This is what's required of you. Proverbs 22.6 says, Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. This is what's required of you. So what do we teach them? This is a big one for me, y'all. John 10.10. 10. We teach them that it is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy but it is god almighty it is jesus our savior holy spirit that came that we have life and life in abundance you teach those kids now life in abundance is theirs you teach them in john seventeen three that life in abundance is to know him who created them You teach them that God is love. So when the enemy comes knocking, they can go, nobody's home. I don't want any part of the curse. That's not my name upon it. I'm a part of the kingdom of God. You teach them whose they are, and you teach them who he is. We've got to teach them the love of the father and to rest in his arms and in his grace. Through Isaiah, God told the Israelites, "As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you." Isaiah 66:13 promises, "God wants to carry us, his children." It doesn't matter if you're 120 or you're 120 minutes old. You are called to be a child of God. As a child of God, he longs to carry you the way we carry a child on our hip. In his arms, protected, close to him. Because he adores you. He loves you. He longs to nurture you the way a mother nurtures her child. We teach them that the abundant life in John 10.10 is knowing the endless love of the Father. We teach them to live by God's grace through faith. We teach them that his grace is his empowerment. It's his enabling us to do whatever he's called us to do, be it big, be it small. If God's called us to it, he's given us the grace to empower us to do it. As a mama, and ditties, y'all do this too, but we're talking to mamas today. When we try to do everything in our own strength and we leave God out of the equation, we get worn out and frustrated by our own mistakes and failures. Anybody done that? I know I have, like (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) At one point in yesterday, y'all, I'm going to be glass house. I laid on my bedroom floor and I cried because I, look, I don't, I'm so happy for all y'all that have had time to clean out your closets through this beer virus. My closet has gotten worse through this beer virus because I'm now working at home. I don't have the amenities of my office. One of my favorite amenities of my office is a door that I can close and lock where I can be by myself. I am now a first grade homeschool teacher. I understand now why my mama said, girl, you call my name one more time and I'm gonna change my name. Because I'm hearing, Mama, Mama, look this. Mama, Mama, come do this. Mama, can I do this? Mama, can I have a snack? Luke, you ate seven minutes ago. I know, but I'm hungry. Can I have a snack? <sighs> yes. The phone is ringing off the hook. Lots going on. And I have had a temptation at times to be a people pleaser. So if the phone rings hello, I answer it. And if I don't answer it, the moment I can, I pick it up and I text or I vox or I call back. What was I doing? I was leaning on Nicole. So I laid in my floor yesterday. Brian just asked me a simple question. And then he looked, he's like, why is your face red? I was, I was also doing some stretches while I was doing this. He's like, is your face red because you're stretching or because you're about to cry? And I said, both. And, you know, as soon as somebody hugs you and says, are you okay, or they ask you if you're okay, the tears that you were holding in, it's like the dam just breaks, you know? And so then it's like, (laughs) I I know what I need to do. Don't tell me. Don't counsel me. I know. I would counsel. (laughs) And like he's laughing now, he laughed at me yesterday. And in my head, I was laughing at me going, oh, Lord Jesus, listen to this. But I just need that good cleansing cry. And then I needed to go to Diddy and say, Diddy, I'm sorry. I know I've been doing it in my strength. My heart was good. My intentions were good. It's a Randy Travis song. Mama, my intentions were the best. But good intentions don't mean God intentions. And I had over the past 2 months, I've had a whole lot of good intentions that led me to break down on my bedroom closet or carpet and cry. Because I did it without inviting Jesus into it. No in the answer, y'all. I know. Somebody sitting here going, now in this two months, she has she's done counseled me that I need to rest in God. That I need to lean on him. I know what you're thinking, Lisa. I ain't looking at you. <laughs> My goodness, she's told me what to do and she wasn't doing it herself. Sometimes I was, and a whole lot of times I won't. I'm a creature of organization. Like, You can't tell it by my closet right now, but I like organization. I like things being in their place. My day being scheduled. I've got the planner. I've got the Google calendar on my phone. I've got the outlook calendar on my computer and all of them are in sync. So that no matter where I am, what I look at, it's a thing of beauty. Y'all like it's color coordinated. Well, beer virus don't care nothing about organization. It's all like, watch this, throwing everything in and shaking it up. And oh, you think, look, I even put Luke on a schedule. How do you think that works out for a six-year-old boy? I think we followed it a, mm, three-fourths of a day. I mean, even now, I sit here and I say, I'm telling y'all this, and I'm going, Lord Jesus, help this woman, and I'm talking about my own self. So I get it. Like, this message is for you, but this message is for me. Right here. Because we all do it. We all know the answer. We all know what we need to do. And some days we are so good and we do it so well. And then some days we wake up and the kid is, like, standing over you. Mama. Mama. Mom, is it time to eat yet? Or the dog is in your face. Or the cat. Because nobody's let it out. Like, this is what my morning looks like. I get up early in the morning. I join a prayer call. I have prayer time. And sometimes in prayer time, I'll doze off because I've been up for a while. And this is what I'm woken up to. A six-year-old, a dog, or a cat going, gimme, 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 gimme. gimme, And once you're up to do all the gimmies the give just keep coming, y'all. And you just get to going and you forget to stop and, you know, actually take that prayer and utilize it for the day and say, all right, Lord, I've given you this day in prayer. But as soon as the kid comes, we grab it back. All right, I got it. I'm doing it. Y'all, there are days I hadn't got dressed till pastor's doing his what's right. I go in the bathroom. I turn what's right on. This is why I don't comment some days because I'm in the showers. I'm listening because it takes me till noon to get out of my bathroom house robe. Because I get up and I just start going, 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 going. And then on the broadcast, God's like, you going to stop and let me be a part of this day? Oh, snap. Yes, Diddy, I'm sorry so mamas i get it been there done that repeatedly but we've got to invite god into our day we've got to teach our kids that his grace is enough We've got to teach our kids that it is his power working through us and that when we actually invite him in, we step into that rest. That's that's all it takes. Just inviting Diddy into our day. It's partnering with God to do what we're called to do. Rest isn't just stopping and not doing, that's unrealistic. It's also unbiblical. He says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Well, y'all, I like me some tacos. I'm going to work. But it's working in rest. It's getting up in the morning, starting the day in prayer with all your good intentions. But then when you stand up to go, you grab the hand of the father and you go with him. It's when you work, you work in his rest. It's saying, Lord, do I answer this call? Do I do this task? Do I delegate? Do I forget it? Do I leave it for tomorrow? Father, what do you want me to do? And y'all, I'm not saying you go about your day and you stop, and for seven seconds, you just pause. You're going to look like a big goofus. But because you were in intimate fellowship with him, you go through your day, and Holy Spirit is talking to you. He's putting upon your heart, baby, do this. Honey, tell that boy he can go without a snack. He is fine to wait 32 minutes until lunchtime when he can eat. Holler at the kids, let one of the girls let the dogs out. Don't answer that call. They'll leave a message. You can hear the message. You can call them back this afternoon. I promise you they will survive. I had to realize that with somebody that I loved dearly. They needed Jesus, and when they needed something, they called. Y'all, I about broke my neck to pick up the phone. And a lot of times we mamas do that with our kids. They need something. I got it. Like, we're elbowing people. Get out of the way so we can be the source. We can't do that. We've got to teach our kids, I love you. I brought you in this world. I can take you out of this world. But I'm not to be your your source. We've got to teach our kids, you need something, so. Expect a harvest. You need something, Get on your knees in prayer. Look, Luke is sick. He can operate an iPad. If he can operate an iPad, he can get on his knees in prayer. If we don't teach our kids who the source is and how to approach him boldly at the throne of his grace and his love, they'll never know how to go through life. Life will kick their butts. It is our job to not only teach them to live in rest, but it is our job, mamas, to be the example of living in rest. You see, that's where this week I'd messed up. I'd given the words I had talked to Abigail, I had talked to Marky, I had talked to EO, I had talked to Lisa, I had talked to Barry. I don't remember all the people I talked to this week. I talked to a ton of people this week. And the word for just about everybody was rest. If you know, if I have stopped and listened to myself and gotten out of my dense head, I would have realized the word was for me too. But we can't just speak it. We've got to live it. We've got to show our kids what a life of rest looks like. Because this world is a world of chaos. This world is, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Like, I grew up hearing that. And I love the person that said it. But it's wrong. If you want something done right, you better hit your knees and cast that care on God. Because if you don't take it to him, I guarantee you, it will not be done right. So we've got to teach our kids, what does it look like to walk in grace? What does it look like to walk in rest? Because we have cast our cares on God. Hebrews 4.3 says it this way. For we who have believed... Enter that rest. So we start by believing. What do we believe? What do we teach them to believe? We teach them to believe that God is love. We teach them to believe that he is our all in all. We teach them to believe that he is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. We teach them to believe that he has given us all things for every good work. We teach them to believe that he is not withholding any good thing from us. We teach them to believe that he is a good, good father. His word tells us that his people perish for a lack of knowledge. Not my kids. Y'all... Say it, not my kids. Because we teach them the knowledge and the hope of who He is. In Christ, we must live in the rest of God. But rest, it's not a day, it's not an action, it's a person. He is our rest. As we abide in Him and He abides in us, His rest abides in us. He tells us in Matthew 8: Matthew 11:28 through 30. Then Jesus said, "Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you." let me teach you because i am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden i give you is light moms the burden is not yours to carry his yoke is what we're to carry it says his yoke is easy his burden is light that's what we carry Because he is guiding us each and every day. He says, let he who lacks wisdom ask. And not only will he give it, but he'll give it liberally. He says, cast your care on me because I care for you. That's what I had to do yesterday. I laid on the floor and I got tired of holding it, y'all. And I realized I am like a big old goofus for doing this. And then I felt stupid and embarrassed. Here I am sitting beside my husband, my pastor, and my Diddy, and I'm having to say, oh, I screwed up. But sitting there in humility and crying out to God was the lightest part of my week. It felt so good to say, Diddy, I missed it. I'm sorry. And you know what he did? He held out his arms to me and he embraced me. And I got up and I didn't do one thing I had planned for yesterday. Instead, I went outside and I played Ninja Pop on the trampoline with Luke. It's a game we created. And then we went exploring. We built a gun range out of rocks, and we shot our stick guns. And then we came inside. We played Don't Break the Ice. We played some kind of puzzle game, which I stunk at royally. We played Monopoly. I had deer in the crock pot, barely even had to work for supper. It was such a good, relaxing day. Because you see, when I place myself in the arms of the father, I become a better mother. And this is what we teach our kids. When you place yourselves in the arms of the father, you become better. You become a better child, a better mother, a better father, a better employee, a better business owner, a better friend. Whatever, fill in the blank. When you place yourself in the arms of the Father, you become better at all the things you have to do because Christ is more than enough to meet the demands of our day. God gives grace to the humble who stop striving in their own strength. You see, obviously, we're not nearly as strong as what we like to think we are when we're by ourselves. But when we stand in his arms, he's surrounding us. He's lifting the stuff around us. He is strengthening us and empowering us. Where my strength ends, my faith begins. I chose yesterday on that floor to put down the facade of Pastor Nicole or mama or wife or daughter or friend's strength. I didn't have any strength left because I tried doing it on my own and I wore myself slap out. And what I found is when I laid down my strength, my faith met me where I was. And it was such a wonderful day. You see, God meets us in the places where we feel broken. You're not broken. You're not weak. But when we walk in ourselves, when we walk in our strength, it's easy to feel broken. It is easy to feel weak. But if we allow him, did he will meet us there? We must remember that our hearts are sealed in Christ. He came to bring rest to the weary mom because his yoke is easy and his burden is light and the promise of entering into his rest still stands today and every day in what feels like the busy life of mothering. But we must put off our unbelief, put off the lies, And return to God's help and strength. Rest securely in the arms of our loving Father. And sometimes, y'all, this means doing that daily. Until we get it through our thick heads. Oh, oh, this was there the whole time. And sometimes you'll go through life for months. And everything is smooth sailing. You're walking hand in hand with him. You're leaning on him. And one stupid thing like beer virus just rocks your world, messes up all three of your calendars. And you realize, oh, here's an area that I didn't quite give him. And when you recognize it, you just repent. He said, Lord, I missed it. I'm sorry. Here's my Outlook calendar. Here's my Google calendar. Here's my planner. You can have them all. Mess them all up, Lord. Fix them the way you want them. Because, see, if he's not a part of my day, it's not a day worth living. So, husbands, how do you help? I'm so glad you asked. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Fellas, you hear that? Your prayers hinge upon how you treat your wife. And it talks about women being uh, physically weaker. I heard a great teaching one time that was talking about that. You know, Back in when we were talking about Genesis and we were talking about the Hebrew translation, it said not a second rate, not a lesser than. But what it's talking about here is like a priceless vase. It is beautiful in every way. But it is delicate. It is precious. It is meant to be adored. It is meant to be loved but it's meant to be protected. There are certain dishes my kids can go through the kitchen and they can use, they can play with, they can do whatever they want. But then I've got these teapots that Pastor has given me, and they're porcelain. They're precious. They're beautiful. My kids best not even look at them. That's how, husbands, you are to protect your wives. They are precious. They are beautiful. And you've got to try to understand them. And look, y'all, I understand, like, the How to Understand a Woman book is like from the ground to here. We don't even understand us, y'all. I don't even understand me. I asked myself yesterday, hey, Goober, you've been giving this counsel all week. Did you ever think to listen to it yourself? Well... I do now. But the word says, husbands, to try to understand them. You are going to be a better husband and a better father as you place yourself in the arms of the father. You've got to walk hands in hand with Holy Spirit to be your God because if a woman can't even understand herself, she's not going to be able to tell you how to understand her. But you lead her to the father. And together, hand in hand, you lead those kids to the father. You remind your wife when she's had a week of trying to be superwoman that while she can be your superwoman, she's got to do it with the strength of God. Love her, men. Protect her. The word says, love her as Christ loved the church. A woman has given her life for those kids. And I realize fathers do too. But men, the word specifically says to love your wife as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for the church. You give your life for her. She is a precious vessel. But women, you are an Ezra connecto. That does not mean you are any less powerful. Because you are a precious, priceless vessel does not make you lesser than. It makes you priceless. What a love. You know, people that want to berate men and man bash and, you know, this whole feminist move. It's crap, y'all. The feminist movement is a movement of people that don't know the word of God. Because if you knew the word of God, you would realize that without being this Ezra connecto, you're nothing. Without being this Ezer connecto, the sustainer alongside him, you automatically put yourself under him. But when you stand... In God, when you stand in your calling as the Ezra Konegdo, you come alongside him. And he doesn't hold you back. He doesn't put his thumb on you. He puts his arm around you and protects you. He may stand in front of you to shield you or behind you to have your back. But you are anything but Lesser. And on the days that you forget who you are, you look in the mirror of the word of God to find who you are, to find your identity. So mamas, listen up. Fellas, let me remind you. Kids, hear. Who is it that we honor today? Proverbs 31, verses 25 through 31 says she, my wife, my mama, my spiritual mama. It is she who is clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future because she's resting in the arms of her daddy. She laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise. And she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all, ladies. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds pub- or let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Today we publicly declare praise for you mamas. Husbands, look at your wife. Look at her the way you did when you loved her enough to propose. Kids, look at your mama, the one who was given so much so that you can have the life that you have. Look at her as the one who was modeled and been the hands and feet of love in action. And today, publicly praise the Lord for her pastor said it the other week when you don't honor the gift you don't honor the gift giver today we honor god because we honor our mamas if you don't have a mama here find your spiritual mama maybe it's your pastor maybe it's somebody you've known for years who has poured into you who has always pointed you to the love of the father and today like Proverbs 31:31 31, 31 says, publicly declare praise for who she is in Christ and for who she's helped you to be. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for our mamas. Lord, what a precious gift they are. Father, thank you that you love us so much that you blessed us with a priceless gift. Lord, as a mama, both physical and spiritual, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the reminder that I am an Ezra Konegdo. And Lord, thank you for the reminder that as I place myself in your arms, I am everything I need to be. Father, I ask that you would bless these mothers abundantly above all they could, they could ask or think. Lord, remind them each and every day of who they are in you. Father, I pray that husbands and kids would look upon them and praise your holy name because of the gift that they see in their wives and in their mothers. Father, I thank you that this year will be their best year as a mother yet. I thank you for joy overflowing. For strength. For peace that passes understanding. And for the faith to lean on you every step of the way. Father, we praise you for mothers today. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor, you got something
0: right now I just want us to make a commitment to the Lord. Just Father, we will honor those to whom honor is due. Lord, today if our if our mom is here on the earth or whether she's With you, she's passed from this earth. Lord, we just take a moment and we honor her. Thank you, Lord, for our mother. Thank you, Father, for our mother. Thank you, Lord. Your word didn't say just to honor the good moms. Your word said honor moms. That's right. And so, Lord, we just thank you that you have told us to honor. And when we honor the gift, we honor you, Lord. Father, we just give them honor. Thank you, Father. Just say it with me wherever you're at. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for our mothers. Thank you, Father, for our mothers, Lord. We just give you honor and give them honor today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. I just want you to take uh, your communion. You know, the Bible teaches us that this is a miracle meal. And I had an instruction from the Lord every day that we had service uh, that's different from being inside, from uh, Corona, every service, that every week we would take communion because the word teaches us that as we receive this body and blood of Christ as a symbol of the price that he paid, The word teaches us that if we receive it correctly, it is health to our flesh. It is life. Even the word says this, that the blood is the life of the animal. The blood in the blood is the life. How much more life can there be if it's not the most in the blood of Jesus Christ? If you want to talk about something that carries the fullness of life, it's the blood of jesus christ and willingly and with all his love he gave it out for all mankind and so when we take communion we receive everything that his body was broken we receive what he gave up we can receive in our life where he gave up his blood for life we can receive that fullness of life the redemption the healing, the salvation in every way. So, Father, today, as we take communion, the body and the blood, where he gave his body to be broken, Father, we receive our our bodies as full, healed, protected, delivered in every way. Father, thank you that in his body he bore a crown of thorns, a crown of the curse, and toil so that we might have favor and ease lord where he gave his body to be subjected to be given on the cross lord and he had fullness of a physical life Stripped from his body, we receive the fullness of a physical life inside of us. We honor the gift. And Lord, where he gave his blood, every drop that he gave, Father, by faith we receive him today in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we take the body and the blood, we receive by faith that as we take this as a symbol, we are receiving the life of God the provision of God, the blessing of God in every way and every area of our life. Something changes today as I take communion. I may have taken it a hundred times before, but today I will apply faith to it for today in Jesus' name. Just say this with me. Say, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I make you Lord. Lord. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. What you tell me to do, I will do. I believe that you died for my sin. That you took my sin upon you. And today, I turn away from that sin, never to put it on again. And I believe that you relieved me of that sin and when god brought you back to life he raised me up with you and i received today the fullness of life the fullness of salvation the fullness of your blessing the fullness of protection the fullness of provision the fullness of restoration The fullness of deliverance. The fullness in every way. In Jesus' name, I receive it now. Amen. You may take the body and the blood. Thank you, Father, for your body and your blood in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for the body and the blood of our Savior. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. We give you the glory and the honor. Amen.